they're taking what you're saying to them, and they're hoping that you are what you talk. Let's be about everything we drop, because we're going to get tested on it. If, we, if, if the people on the street don't test us on it, God's going to test us on it. Kill the Mockingbird, Truth or Report, with Sean Chris and Sebastian Farr. What's going on, man? Not much, man. It's uh, well, it's been a pretty crazy couple weeks for me, uh, personally. And then with all the news going on, going into the new administration, it's been uh, a lot of stuff going on to keep up with. Yeah, it's uh pretty crazy. Uh, it's been going uh. Yeah, and I'm glad you're back, and I'm glad everything's okay with you and, you know, all your situations and stuff, so that was good. I'm glad to have you back. Last week was a little, we tried to do without you. It was not the same. I mean, I try to hold it down, but it's still not the same. <laughs> it's like, I like yeah, to have the, yeah. it's, it's the banter. It's easier to have a conversation with two people, obviously. Yeah. Um, let me see. I'm going to, I messed that whole intro up, but I'm going to show you a little uh, a little skit I worked on real quick, so I'm going to uh, plug that up. Well, I, I plug that up, and then... Uh, if you will get ready into the first clips, you know what I mean? To kind of get us into what's going on with all this. So we're going to go. Here's our my omen to uh, Biden. Come on, man. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go. You know, the, you know, the thing. San Francisco is all about, well, you know, gay, gay, gay bathhouses. And every, it's all about round the clock sex. It's all, come on, man. Neil Smith, an old butt buddy. Are you here, Neil? Neil, I miss you, man. Oh, son of a bitch. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Let's clap for that, you stupid bastard. <laughs> hey, there you are, and I can see you. <laughs> yeah, somebody that came back. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was my little omen to uh, Biden's presidency. I thought that was, man, there's so much good. I never heard him say the whole butt buddy one. That one made me laugh so hard earlier. I don't know why. I haven't but... heard that one before either, but uh, that's hilarious. I'm, I'm sure we're going to be. throw it all back to back like that. <laughs> Now I'm dead. <laughs> That's why I try to make a funny order, you know what I'm saying? Because you were saying the San Francisco shit. And I was like, it flowed well, too. <laughs> so that I thought that would be a great way to introduce because obviously I, we had to start off with Biden, you know what I mean? We had to start off with what's oh, going yeah. on. And here's like the first clips we're going to start off with that I got. And, you know, obviously we get clips from all over. And, you know, a lot of people send us clips. You get clips. I find clips. But uh, here's the first. What was this? The, the next day? The, the suicide bombs? Yeah, the suicide. So there yep. was so two suicide 21st. bombs. Uh, and they haven't had one since like 2017 and all this stuff. So it's kind of like very sketch on the timing. So here's a little clip. We start this broadcast with a news alert coming in. At least 13 people have been killed in two suicide attacks in the Iraqi capital of Baghdad. Over 30 people have been injured in the explosions which took place in Baghdad's central market. The death toll is likely to rise further as some of the injured people are in critical condition. It is a rare deadly attack in the Iraqi capital which has seen almost no such bombings since the defeat of the Islamic State 
in Iraq in 2017. There was no immediate claim of responsibility. However, we can tell you that a twin suicide bombing has killed at least 13 people and wounded more than 30 others in Baghdad. But wait, there's more. Known that Israel and the U.S. share intelligence, what's new or what's special about how this attack took place tonight? Well, Ariel, this attack is unusual in, from several different aspects. The first of them is the intensity of attacks that we've seen in the last few weeks. Uh, this attack is coming as the third attack in just the last 10 days, definitely a step up in the rate of attacks. Another aspect that it's different in is how many targets were hit tonight. We're talking about three different locations in Syria with several targets in each location. So a lot of information was needed in order to hit all of these targets. And finally, and what's most unusual about this attack is this unusual statement coming from an American source saying that the intelligence for this attack came from the United States. One wonders why all of a sudden Israel takes intelligence about this area, which allegedly it has bombed in many times in the past. There's more to unpack, I know, in the first week, about almost his first week. It's like, uh, what, a couple more days will be his first week. But um, that's the first two like significant things that we already talked about before uh, preview previewing what could happen. And it looks right away. Um, now there's activity in Iraq. More troops are going back to Iraq. There's already been uh, convoys uh, spotted in Syria, and there's even now convoys in Taiwan spotted in Taiwan as well. Like so, what do you what do you see out of this? Does it seem like a same old, same old? Does it seem just that uh, imperialism, that war hawk, that neoliberal uh, uh, neocon slash neoliberalism, just going back to what we are used to? Oh yeah, um, it was very much like kind of the one real saving grace for me with Trump and why I voted for him uh, recently was because he was not uh, getting us further in, involved in these uh, foreign engagements and these wars, whether they're proxy wars, whether we're funding you know, various radical groups, even though the media will claim they're, they're moderates, um, that funding always ends up in the wrong hands and innocent people end up getting hurt. And it's interesting for me seeing that all of this is happening in the first couple of days after the you know the new administration comes in it's like the pieces were in place for a while and they were ready to roll a second he came in boom they were uh, they were there and causing havoc all over the place now not saying like the attacks and stuff coming from the uh, islamic radical side of things was you know exactly in the control of the cia i kind of think sometimes it is and then sometimes there's false flags, but there's also, you know, independent groups and stuff. So Yeah, but they could have also been part of like an indoctrination program that has uh, been getting kids to kids or teenagers or young adults to get into those situations. And they could have been actively doing one like what's going on over here with, you know, the Proud Boys, Antifa, Boogaloo, uh, all that. Those movements that are kind of so kind of have that uh, CIA type of flavor on it. You know what I mean? You just have that little scent of like... Uh, fed on it where you're like hmm this is interesting why are you in this area like that's kind of weird how are you always and in the see, right place <laughs> yeah and you're seeing a ton of that um this year domestically and in foreign countries now um they kind of perfected the art over the past couple decades in you know various countries around the world and now it's being practiced on us uh here at home which is uh you know har harbinger for darker always, times to come i think yeah it's always fun uh, <laughs> yeah exactly um but it's no surprise because you know people kind of 
are starting to regret. I've seen stuff over the media about, about voting for Biden over his yeah. foreign policy stuff. And it's like, mm, I don't think you get any refunds on that, bro. You should have known this was coming. This is plain as day that his foreign policy was going to go straight back to, you know, the Bush doctrine, which was carried on under the Obama administration. Which he should, you should have known because not there was tons of people telling you because it was not just uh, Trump people telling you. There was tons of lefties, Everyone progressives. Yeah, like, yeah, all of us, the libertarians, the, the liberals. Uh, there was a lot, a big crowd telling people. So I made a little list. Well, I stole this list off somewhere from Twitter, but it's kind of a summary of what Biden's uh, kind of, you know, first couple of days first, because he signed a record 17 um, executive orders, which yep. like I think before him, I think Trump did like six or seven and Obama did like eight and he did double that. And they said, like, he killed 70,000-plus jobs. You know, he uh, ended that pipeline, which is a big controversy in itself. You know, there is a big controversy over that in itself. So, I mean, I think that one's a little bit tough because there's already that native land that they were talking about. Like, it depends on how you look at it, what side of the argument you are. But it did uh, eliminate jobs. And then a lot of people feel like he's eliminating women's sports because they feel like, um, why? what's the point of competing? You know what I mean? Like if if someone can just be a good athlete, because it's 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 a known fact that men are usually. Is there a fast woman? Is there a woman that could beat a man in a race? Yes, but for the most part, men have been you know denser bones, um, muscle mass is different, all that, and you know now that they're going to be able to compete in women's sports, I think a lot of women are are rightfully so uh, afraid of not being able to even compete and maybe having to look for other fields. Yeah, and it goes even further than that with um, that particular um, issue is uh, women's uh, identity or feminism and women's identity politics is very much kind of on the chopping block here when they're going, you know, further into like, uh, you know, the rights for, you know, people to claim whatever gender they identify with um, as a forefront of political, you know, policy. Well, I could see, like I said, like, I don't have a problem with anybody identifying with any way they want because I don't I, either, but I'm not in there. Like, but what as far as like, well, then what's the point of having women's and men's sports then? Like, why don't you just combine them all then? Right. Like, that's how you look. That's how I look at it. Is it's like, well, then what was the point of dividing it? If you divide, did you divide it because um, of misogyny or did you divide it because it's not going to be fair? Because if you. Uh. Like I said, there is a few women fighters that I know for sure can put hands on a dude. And I've seen them. Like, I'm just saying, but it's not a, but that's like a one in a million, one in a thousand type of thing. Not like a, a nine out of ten. Nine yeah. out of ten times, it's going to be bad situation. And it goes into, like, uh, the criminal justice system as well. There was a case in the UK where there was a uh, rapist pedophile who had been convicted multiple times, but he identified as a woman and was put in jail with female prisoners in an all women's jail and he ended up raping women so it's like you know the, there's got to be a a real firm line in the sand where like this this can like affect other people outside of that individual you know well you're not allowed to talk about this stuff like look at joe rogan like i exactly. mean exactly it's all cancel culture as soon as joe rogan says anything about anything like this when they had he had that one girl on that wrote a book about um uh, teens that like it's kind of like a trend not a trend but like 
they, he, they noticed that a lot of teens were coming out together, like groups. Like, that's very unusual, right? You know what I mean? That That's obviously something. And what happened was, you know, a lot of them were people that were maybe not had a lot of friends, didn't have a lot of stuff. And then when they kind of, someone's like, well, maybe you're gay or maybe you're trans or whatever, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. And then they get embraced. So there's no going back because they're getting so much praise and they, they love the praise. And it's not necessarily the route that was best for them. You know what I mean? It's not a decision that kids should be making, in my opinion. It should be way if you want if you want to be 18, 20, I would suggest to wait till you're 25, not legal or anything, just to get your brain fully. And if that's what you feel like doing, then if that's what you think is the thing to do, then you do it. Or if that's what you know is you, then you do it. But you should wait, in my opinion. Yeah, and then a lot of them, you know, after that period of time where they've transitioned, they go back to regret it. And there's a high suicide rate and there's a lot of uh negative stuff that goes along with it that doesn't get reported and there's definitely an agenda in the media and like you know kind of like hollywood i think to kind of push this um movement and push the popularity on kids which is disgusting in itself and that they're always going after the kids in so many different ways it's like they're under attack from every angle oh for sure because like they're trying to get you in any any route they can so we got the 70,000 jobs, like I said, killed the, the women's sports. We already covered the Syria. We covered the Iraq. And then, you know, we got the whole uh, National Guard situation where they were left in the... Uh, I mean, a lot of my uh, my hardcore, like, Marine friends and uh, my uh, other military friends, they were kind of, like, joking at the National Guard, always getting the easy gigs, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> they're talking about... They're like, man, I had to sleep out. Man, you know what I'm sleeping at? But, like, it was still just a sign of disrespect, in my opinion, you know? Like... Yeah. They were there and to help you, and then you're like, get out. Yeah, and it was also because there was a – from what I've heard, there was reports that, like, uh, congressmen and women were complaining about the fact that, um, you know, they were a health hazard because they weren't wearing masks at all times, and they were all bunched up, you know, packed in like sardines there. And it's like, what, so you don't want their protection? Are they a risk? Like, it was just so much disrespect. It's like they took the photo ops with them and – around inauguration day when they needed them to you know for a show of force because that's all it really was there was no threat all these uh protests and stuff that they were kind of saying in the media that were going to happen and be violent that was there was no grassroots movement that was pushing that that was uh they were straight pushing to try and incite people i think themselves to you know clamp down on us oh yeah for sure and and also, um, you weren't here last week, so I didn't get to show you, but um, I don't know if you've seen that. You might have seen it by now. Um, you know, last week they were here, the Boogaloo boys were here at the Michigan State Capitol, and he had a message, and I played the message on here on the last cast. And they talked, and, and we went over it, and I want to go see, I seen that uh, he's on Jimmy Dore. He did an interview, that guy, that Boogaloo guy, and I want to see what he says. And he was kind of reiterating, I was kind of like, man, I hope, imagine if he was listening to us, and then, then like, we get in trouble, they're like, oh, man, I was listening to Kill Mockingbird, and I'm like, whoa, doggy, like, no, it's good. But he was kind of, like, talking about what we were saying, like, where people should be unifying and kind of seeing that we have the same common goals and the same common enemies. And I think that's what the message he was putting out there. And it's funny because the mainstream media obviously did not pick that up whatsoever because it was a unity message. He didn't go out there and he was saying like, they're the rational ones and we should 
try to fix things before the irrational ones come out because the irrational ones cannot be talked to. And I thought it was a very good message. I'm going to check out his, uh, um, I'll send it to you too, uh, his little interview on Jimmy Dore and see if that's any good. And, and I agree with you said, like with the whole left, uh, I mean the uh, National Guard, like it's like the police and the National Guard, like, I mean, I have my own feelings on everything. I'm more of uh, into the military and cops are my, I'm not too, too thrilled about sometimes, but you pulled them there to this protection and and this whole like narrative of you're in danger and you're going to get killed. And as immediately when you're like, okay, the show's over, you took it down. Like there was some uh, concert prop, you know what I mean? Like there were some background dancers for Kanye West. Like what the fuck kind of shit is that? Yeah. It was disrespectful in a lot of different ways. It's like, uh, the conditions they had them in that parking garage too. There was like, uh, one bathroom and one electrical outlet for several hundreds of thousands of troops, or not hundreds of thousands, sorry, yeah. uh, several, you know, thousand troops in this small area, like, come on, they could do better than that. Like, you yeah. know, they can give money to foreign governments and special interest groups, and the money goes both ways for them, but, you know, the working man, the grunt on the ground, they're going to be treated like trash at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's what I think, like, that. that's, the, to me... That's a terrible message to uh, enter in this new administration or the new regime, as I like to call them, uh, yeah. as if like that's how you that's how you think of the common man then, obviously, because I mean, the military is not made up of elites. The military is not made up of it's made of common people like us, you know, like regular Joes like and it, it was really telling. And that's why you seen them try to like as soon as that leaked, they were trying to do everything they could to spin it and do whatever they could to uh, try to recap. But I think that image is going to be forever. That's a bad taste in your mouth on your first week. Not even like your next day. You're already doing stuff like this. Very bad look. And then he even admitted that uh, he doesn't have a plan to fight COVID. He said that we can't change the uh, trajectory. Uh, uh, what is it called? Man. Trajectory. Yeah, there you go. Be drinking. I can't be getting these words right. <laughs> we can't change it that the pandemic's always already rolling out and it's uh, full steam ahead. Nothing we could do. And then obviously yeah. we saw him break his own uh, mask mandate. And then they said it's because he was celebrating. And it was a big day. And, okay. And then he ended uh, U.S. energy uh, dependency. That's also with the pipeline and all that. So i saw that like you combined that's why i combined it all into one section because i thought it was something that we should cover in a little bit more detail and then you put the biden uh revokes the trump order that uh shielded u.s power grid from uh china involvement what made you like get into this what do you think was important about this article um well it kind of like you know a lot of the stuff he's doing about the environmental um policy and like energy security he's um He's doing it in a, you know, a light of, you know, this is for climate change and addressing, you know, CO2 in the atmosphere and stuff like that. But really, it's much deeper than that. And I think it's uh, him selling out to foreign interests in the biggest way. This article kind of highlights it in um, a nice way. Uh, President Joe Biden has rescinded an executive order of former President Donald Trump that was designed to prevent foreign countries meddling with the U.S. power grid. Trump's order specifically prohibited any acquisition, importation, transfer, or installation of bulk power systems, electrical equipment by foreign adversaries. As part of his own executive order on pro protecting public health and the environment and restoring science to tackle the climate crisis, President Biden suspended that effort. Trump's order explained that the 
BPS provides the electricity for natural for national defense, vital emergency services, critical infrastructure, economy, and the way of life. In the U.S., and that foreign actors were increasingly creating and exploiting vulnerabilities in it. And I think this kind of can tie to, in interesting ways, like 5G and letting Huawei back into the market, which uh, would go straight back to uh, Biden's biggest behind-the-scenes backer is the Chinese Communist Party in Beijing. Yeah, and, and all their ties to that, because that's what... I think we're going to learn more of that, but it will probably take some time you know, people will start digging more and uh, things will be leaked and people will come forward. So I do think you're right. It's kind of like sets the stage. It's another like telltale sign of foreshadowing of what's going to happen. They, they're they're kind of like accidentally leaving, uh, you know, little uh, treasure, uh, little uh, signs of what may happen and what's going to unfold, what they're planning on doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's kind of across the board. You kind of see these actions continue. Um, and it's just going to be, you know, I've kind of said it to us, some people personally that I know, and I think I've said it on here too. I think Biden will end up being the most corrupt person that has ever hold the office of president. Yeah. Not the dumbest, not the, uh, you're saying the straight most corrupt, like you think yeah, more than Woodrow Wilson? For, just in it for personal profit and, you know, the interests that back him. What do you think more than Woodrow Wilson? I mean, like, um, he, he got well, the, I, there, there's four years is a long time in this day and age. Like, things move a lot faster now. Yeah. So we'll see. Woodrow Wilson was uh, a sellout, though. That's two. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And then I saw you had the other one, you know, too, to kind of tie Biden's whole thing in a bow is this uh, Biden details sweeping efforts to vaccine 100 million people in 100 uh, days. Um, before you jump to this article, I wanted to also uh, point out, I didn't get to add this article, but there's also an article, I think, in the San Francisco Chronicles about like 330,000 uh, Moderna vaccines being rejected because of like some kind of like uh, causing, I think, the first 10 people that got it got like severe reactions, like hospitalized. They didn't they wouldn't detail wow. what happened because in the article it doesn't really detail. It kind of just says like all it says is allergic reaction. That's it. But obviously for them to try to dump and they're dump 330,000, that's a lot of doses. So that's why I thought it was interesting about this whole Biden details uh, sweeping effort to vaccine, vaccinate 100 million people. Yeah, and it's just kind of like a nice fluff piece by The Guardian, um, British newspaper, for those who don't know. Um, they, they're, you know, trying to make it seem like he's got all the answers he's got all the policies in place to kind of take care of the situation when really like there's no actual discussion being had about how dangerous these vaccines are if they're actually even uh, effective to prevent the spread of covid or um you know prevent people from getting it in, in the first place so not to mention all the dangerous potential side effects we're seeing more and more cases on a daily basis and I think even in the UK, uh, there was an article I sent last week where they were saying that they were trying to either hold off or delay the second round of the vaccine to uh, kind of see if they could prevent the high number of uh, injuries. Yeah, that and then like I actually also I think I forgot to add this too. And this ties in with the Biden thing that now the next day, the WHO or I think it was an hour after the inauguration 
Uh, they've admitted yeah. what we and tons of truthers like obviously I didn't we didn't create it we didn't discover Kerry Mullis but you know like we found him through other channels and we've been telling people about him and telling them about the cycle threshold and the the count value and it's crazy man they now they admitted it they admitted that like yeah we should uh lower it it's maybe causing a lot of false positives and it's it's very shocking I mean not yeah. shocking we already knew but. We I didn't did think they would really it, do it. That was one of our potential uh, pathways that we're going to go with this is kind of like dial back all the fear uh, rhetoric that they had around COVID. Now that Biden's in office, their man's in charge. They can get the policies in place without, you know, projecting as much fear to elicit this kind of medical tyranny control over us. Yeah, because you I have think- to lower the fear because it gets out of control. It can get out of control real quick. Yeah, and I don't think they want it to backfire on them now that Biden's in. Yeah, and they, that's why, like, you see all these other governors now, even your governor, uh, my governor's now opening up indoor dining, I think D.C., like, all these, like, uh, di- people that, like, look, Cuomo, like, Cuomo was trying to already kind of get ahead of the train. He did it before the inauguration, you know, uh, before Biden was sworn in, he was like, oh, you know, I think that uh, this lockdown was no good, man. And you're like, wow, really? Wow. Do you, are you gonna write another book about that? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should have put that in the first book, man. <laughs> about eight months too late, really. Yeah. Behind the curb. And then where I, everyone else is at, but. And then I know you saw this whole thing about Twitter, right? You know, everybody was canceling Twitter yeah. the other day. Where, I, I I never heard this story, but I had read it in the New York. Uh, I think it was New York Post, and um, it talks about Twitter refused to re- uh, remove child porn because it didn't violate policies. And then the the, the kid sued him. At the time, they were, I think they said, like, 14, 15. And it was, like, a guy and a girl, I'm assuming. It doesn't really, you know, they're John Doe, so I'm assuming a guy and a girl. And it said, Twitter refused to take down widely shared pornographic images and videos of a teenager sex trafficking victim because an investigation didn't find a violation of the company's policies. A uh, scathing lawsuit alleges. It's like it's crazy. Like that they, they're they're shutting people down and censoring people, but they can't take down a simple. And the person that the 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 kid and his family asked Twitter, and they went at it. Uh, oh, thirteen year old boy. Oh wow. Yeah, thirteen. Okay, maybe he's like sixteen now or something. Like um, and then he they they requested it, and he's like, "That's me." Take it down. Yeah. I don't want it on there. It was put out there without my, you know, uh, uh, my knowledge, all this stuff. Still, they're like, nah. And I think they finally took it down. I'm not sure. But I, I just thought that was crazy. <laughs> I actually had to take, like, pressure and, like, a lawsuit and stuff. for if it, if it was taken down, I don't even know if it was or not. I didn't go looking for it. But this is, like, infuriating to the point where it's, like, I don't want to say too much just because I don't want to fed post, basically. But um, this is not, like, um, done out of a place of ignorance or, you know, incompetence. This is deliberately left up. A violation of policy that – who cares if it's not in your policy? Who cares if you didn't see this coming? This, like, it's morally wrong. It's incredibly wrong. Why isn't it being, like, criminally investigated by the feds? So how is this – Posting porn on the internet. Child porn. And my thing is this. They can't regulate that. They can't go after them. And my thing is this. If you're saying that um, disinformation is dangerous, you're telling me that is more dangerous than child porn? 
Like you're chi- you're destroying you that kid. That kid's getting yeah. made fun of. It's it has like thousands, hundreds of thousands of views, and like you're not gonna take it down. And if it was uh, some kind of error because you had a piece of shit that was working in Twitter, and maybe they're the ones that said, "Oh, it doesn't violate," po-, then find out who that is. Put them in jail. Like you know, what I'm saying, fire them. Get this shit going and take it down. You should not, like you said, there should not have been no pressure, man. It should have been like, and it's in their policy. You know what I mean? I just don't get it. I I, I thought it was just like I. Another one of those stories where you're just like, really? I can't believe this shit. For me, I think it's like they just kind of are trying to normalize this shit, dude. They're trying to normalize it. They see it. I mean, you see it with uh, things like Netflix putting out that horrible series on what what was it called? Cuties? Yeah. Um, Yeah. They're trying to normalize it. Yeah, I I, I do agree with you. Like, they're trying to make it acceptable, and it's like, it's just so disgusting to me. That's why I will always kind of bring for that. Yeah, same (laughs) here. That and the whole like, uh, um, you know, like all the slavery shit with the the Uyghurs, with the education camps, uh, like the kids in Nigeria, like the kids in like uh, South Africa. You know what I mean? There's different like pockets. The a lot of the uh, sex trafficking victims in Germany. You know what I mean? And Sweden has a lot of that shit too. Even though they try to pretend like there's some high society but and it's just all these lies and like you said what they're promoting and 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 here's another like like we do here like we're trying to expose like the propaganda and the way things are set out for us right so fauci now remember how we said fauci is always like oh yes mass no mass this that that now he's has a whole different tune here's a little clip of him and i thought this could set the tone for what he's trying to uh, rebrand himself again, so you can, you're going to see a rebranding of, of Tony Fauci, and, and and I think this is going to be the beginning of it. Yeah. How helpful would it have been if Amazon got involved with the federal response to COVID-19 before Biden took office? And do you know about any plans or discussions ahead of yesterday? No, I, I don't think I could answer that question. Uh, I'd, I'd be waving my hands about that. Sorry. Well, you know, w- one of the new things in this administration is if you don't know the answer, don't guess. <laughs> Just say you don't know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> so he takes a shot at the last administration. And and, and also in taking that shot, he uh, tosses his blame by saying, well, it's not my fault. I had it. I was under pressure uh, for someone forcing me to say an answer I didn't want to when that's stupid because you have your own ethics, you have your own mind, your morals that you should be standing by. That's why we say that if you're a journalist or a bureaucrat and you've been in the same position for over five, ten years, then obviously you're willing to conform to whatever the uh, establishment wants. And he's now saying that, like, oh, you know, I don't know. I n- so you never knew? And when you were telling all these answers, so now what is it? So first you're know everything and it's this way and then it's Trump's fall. And then like now the science changed and now it's like, I don't know because he, he got called out. Amazon is barely, you know, helping out with the uh, distribution side of it. And everybody's like, well, why didn't they just do that in the beginning? And it kind of shut everything down because it's all been a game. It's all been this whole, what everybody said it was, it really, it really was. It was playing politics. And it's, it's really funny how like, Anyone who kind of questions the narrative is always accused of making it uh, politicizing the virus and the situation we're in um, when it's, in fact, the, you know, the establishment people, the the media, they're the ones that have been politicizing this the whole time. I mean, there was, uh, you know, a death count 
in New York for, you know, how many deaths of the COVID and they're blaming it on Trump entirely, where, you know, that is completely disingenuous, really. I completely agree. And, and, and that's why, like, I think that we kind of motivated me and you both to kind of start doing more of this and, like, unpacking yep. it is, like, exposing. Like, that's why I think now this today I was able to get a lot of good clips of a little bit of that's one of the propagandists of showing of how they're now trying to change the narrative. And here's another one of the fear mongering. Uh, it was a insider edition kind of um, I have a two clipper because uh, it's the first part and you can see that they're pushing one half. And they're trying to push this new narrative. The double mask. Have you seen that? One's not good enough. You got to wear two. And they're trying to now. They're trying to say that's a good enough as a, a N95 mask. With COVID cases soaring, it's pretty funny. experts warn it's time to double down, as in time to start wearing a double mask. President-elect Joe Biden does it. Mitt Romney double masked during the Capitol insurrection. Tom Cruise also double masks. So it reminded me of this. A double great feeling, making you realize double is the one for you. <laughs> it made me the double, <laughs> double mint gum. And then, like, oh, yeah. you know, and then they kind of got, uh, so they're all talking about, you know, the double mask and, um, you know, making that the new N95 mask, and that's important. And then they go into the fear mongering again. And that what they're trying to do uh, to break down this clip, in my opinion, is they're trying to get people to, um, want the vaccine so bad that be willing to do anything to get that vaccine stand it in line uh wait for days there that's why they keep saying this we're getting rid of 330,000 oh my god there's not enough vaccine for me it's this uh hysteria they're using hysteria and i think that 2021 is going to be the year of the hysteria even 2020 you know that's this new era of where people are just like and now everybody's panicking. That's why you're seeing people lining up. And this clip kind of breaks down like the hysteria and the panic and the, the cultism behind like trying to get this vaccine. With more contagious variants of the virus spreading, people are desperate for the vaccine. Chaos erupted last night after word spread on social media that extra doses of the vaccine were available at the Army Terminal in Brooklyn. The line stretched for blocks, but it was a cruel hoax. Everyone was turned away. In Los Angeles, one person is dying every six minutes from COVID. Grim images show the National Guard storing bodies in a temporary freezer at the coroner's office. Today, Dodger Stadium is now a mega vaccination site. <laughs> so, yeah, you heard that everywhere, too. They're using most of the stadiums and, like, amusement parks as, like, uh, vaccination centers and... So they're getting all yeah. these people to stand in line and like just like it, as if it's the new iPhone or if it's the new Xbox or whatever. And you got to wait in line. You got to get it. They're using lots of different forms of coercion and propaganda to kind of create a false sense of demand. So more people that may be kind of hesitant uh, will kind of rush to go for it. Um, for me, though, it, it just washes all over me. I'm I'm kind of laughing at this whole thing. It's like the people that are falling for the like the fake hysteria and like the the that that false sense of demand and trying to get it as quickly as possible it's like are you guys like really trusting the the vaccine that much uh you know the propaganda works pretty well on uh a lot of people so and it's fascinating to see because it all has like been kind of revealed like it was last year now it will be on a new level this year i think that and then I also in that clip like that I didn't want not to get forgotten. You hear how they're talking again about like, you know, they had to bring out the uh, the trucks and the, you know, the, the trailers and putting bodies on ice. 
I don't think we've ever broke this down, but um, there I gotta find the report. But the thing that people don't understand is the reason why they're really getting these trailers. The trailers are there not because bod bodies are stacking up, but the reason the bodies are stacking up is because people are taking longer to plan their funerals because people can't get together because of COVID. They're planning. A so now instead of a body waiting there for a week, two weeks, you're talking about a month, a month and a half, sometimes two months. So obviously every people die, a certain amount of number of people die every day and hospitals are getting overwhelmed with the bodies, but because people are postponing funerals, not because thousands of people are dying a day all the i mean whatever the number is but you know what i mean not more excessively than people are leading us to believe yeah um it's very much like kind of misleading the way they're uh making it sound um they're you know they're saying the hospitals are overwhelmed and stuff where they're not you know they're not seeing more traffic than they normally would that in fact People are missing out on getting, you know, important treatments because there's the the fear factor involved with uh, the propaganda and everything behind it. Yeah, and I would suggest if you like are worried about a family member doing a uh, that wants to really take the vaccine, this is what I suggest to tell them. This is what I tell my family. I just tell them, you know what? Uh, if if I was you, I would wait on the Johnson and Johnson because they're going the more traditional route. It's not an mRNA vaccine, you know what I mean? They're actually, uh, you know, at least let, let these ones play out. And then that way it gives, buys you a little time and let them, let them like, that makes them research it more. Instead of saying, no, they're all bad. Don't tell them that they're bad because you're not anti, I'm not anti-vaxxer. That's why I tell them that I think the, the Johnson & Johnson is, is more traditional. This mRNA one is, is already showing signs of being very bad. So I think people need to really consider trying to tell people about the johnson johnson one to kind of just stop talking about the mrna one and then we can focus on that one and then we could uh see what what goes, comes of that is there more tests maybe that we could push more thorough testing and things like that yeah uh for me like i'm not anti-vax either but with like this being a you know a sars 2 cough strain like it, they're mutating so quickly the vaccines can never keep up so yeah. it's like what's the point at the end of the day for me like if you're young, healthy, and have a decent immune system, I would say don't take the risk if you don't have to. Like, you're probably going to deal with COVID just fine. It's people that are older that, you know, it kind of gets to, like, a, you have to weigh up your options. But still, man, it's been attacking the old people really bad. They had a couple, like— uh, The vaccines, Yeah, yes. the vaccines, yeah, uh, in some of the old folks' homes. So it's just— uh, it's stuff like, but I just say the Johnson Johnson. That way, it opens up the conversation. Though you know what I'm saying, like so, like yeah. If you go out, no one talks about it in the media. Yeah, and if you just go I out and be like, that way they can at least you can have a dialogue with them, you know, and you're not going yep. and you're not bashing what they think, and you're kind of give, building a common ground, and then you can both together discuss and research the Johnson and Johnson one, and then go from there. Because obviously, in the end of the day, it's all of our own personal decision what we do and what we're gonna do. And we're liable to ourselves. But I think, yeah, we got to inform more people. And I think that's just a, a, a better way to inform them, you know, try to find a common ground. That's like my new thing is trying to find common grounds with people so we could connect with them so that these ideas don't just bounce off and they more, uh, you know, they have a chance of these uh, seeds growing. Yeah. And I think it's also missed on a lot of people who aren't like really self-educated or so like researching it themselves, like. The vaccine is not guaranteed to prevent uh, spread or prevent you from getting it. It's more or less to the only real kind of uh, indication is that it prevents symptoms more than anything. I believe that's the Pfizer one. Yeah. And the yeah and the Moderna one. But uh, 
you know, there's no guarantee with any of this. It's all really pushed quickly and it was developed really, you know, way too quickly in my opinion. Um, so, you know, it's tough decisions to make and it's going to affect each and every one of us at some point. Oh, for sure. Because, you know, there's, it's not just us personally, but just our circles and our family and our friends. But that's why I say like, to me, I'm like, I support whatever any of my family and friends are going to do. If they decide they want to take that, yeah. that's their, that's their choice. I'm going to tell them like, and I'm not going to say they're stupid because obviously like, I don't know, but I'm just going to be like, Hey, that's your choice. Don't force that on me though. <laughs> don't yeah. make you know and what I mean? It, yeah, exactly. It's like, you're allowed to, you know, govern yourself and make your own choices. I feel in my opinion. Um, you shouldn't be dictating whether or not someone else takes a vaccine um, because of your concerns. Yeah. And then we That's got just authoritarianism on a personal level. Yeah, totally. That's, I totally agree with that. Like, I think that's, and I think that's what we're pushing towards. And that's kind of like my next two clips that I got. Like I got the one uh, privilege education where, you know, what's going on in the schools is is kind of crazy now it's really trying to separate people and like people are seeing this and like here's a little clip i got this one i think off fox news and stuff there are some serious questions being asked tonight about an elementary school in california that had third grade students deconstruct their racial and sexual identities and rank themselves according to power and privilege a teacher asked third graders to rank themselves according to their power and privilege being white or middle class educated, Christian, able-bodied, or English-speaking. Another slide asked students to identify the benefits of being part of a dominant culture. Parents think, and I agree, that this sows division and hatred in their young minds. Wen Wu says the course looks to be part of a ethnic and minority studies mandate coming statewide. One assignment required third graders to explore their sexual identity, providing this example, quote, I used to think everyone is either a boy or a girl, but now I know that gender is something you get to choose. It can be the same sex as the doctor assigned to you at birth, or it can be different. Okay, for the uh, million dollar question, what state do you think that's in? Go. <laughs> it's California. Isn't it? <laughs> My bad. Hey, I'm from Cali, man. I'm a Cali dude. I can talk some shit. You know? you are, but <laughs> hey, don't don't I'm trip. We're, we're yeah, I know. Well, who else? I already knew this because I have a lot of friends that work in the um, school district, you know, and they told me that this was coming. You know, this was um, this was gonna yeah. Be... And um, Biden uh, rescinded Trump's executive order on you know what is it the critical race theory uh, training yeah. that over. Uh, federal employees so you know that's part of biden's platform apparently is to just shake up every controversial issue that divides us and you know make it you know he says unity but he his actions speak in a whole nother light and uh path forward obviously yeah and i don't Go know backwards. if and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit because I don't know how much time you know how we only got an hour man that shit just goes by I so fast I think we got like we got 13 minutes okay we got 13 minutes so I'm gonna jump into this next clip um, I wanted to jump into that Brennan clip I don't know if you did you t did you see anything about the uh, Brennan clip where he talks about the libertarians and I read a little bit on it not the same article but I I have the gist of it it's, oh so uh, you'll like this clip then this clip's gonna fire you up too because I could see that last one so. After I play this clip, I want you to drop what you 
about combine the two clips, like which you know what I mean, like the of what you're saying is going to happen in America. This is crazy to me, man. I can't believe this. Of the nature of the threats, it's on but it's so CNBC. much more difficult today because of what we have seen, not just over the last two weeks, but that certainly has riveted our attention. But because of this growth in polarization in the United States and domestic violence and white supremacist groups. So I know looking forward that the members of the, the Biden team who have been nominated or have been appointed are now moving in laser-like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about what looks very similar to insurgency movements that we've seen overseas, mm -hmm. where they germinate in different parts of a country and they gain strength and it brings together an unholy alliance frequently of religious, ex religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, bigots, uh, racists, nativists, uh, even libertarians. And unfortunately, I think there has been this momentum that has been generated as a result of, unfortunately, the demagogic rhetoric of people that just departed government, but also those who continue in the halls of Congress. And so I really do uh, think that the law enforcement, homeland security, intelligence, and even the defense officials are doing everything possible to root out what seems to be a very, very serious and insidious threat to our democracy and our republic. I, just for anybody, before you jump in, uh, if you didn't hear what he said, he not only said racist, bigots, all this, but then he said libertarians, which is a political yeah. party, which is crazy. <laughs> he had to throw libertarians in there. <laughs> uh, made me laugh, though. Um, if it, you know, you laugh so you don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't panic out loud, I guess. But uh, I don't know. It's just it's wild. Like we were saying earlier, they're trying to, you know, bring these uh, very heavy handed authoritarian government uh, policies in, in a place that we've had, you know, going for decades on foreign uh, terrorists and other countries. And now they're uh, starting to label anyone who goes against like the that main uniparty narrative as a terrorist anyone if you're there if is you're no not. safe there is no safe space outside of that you know leftist thought bubble yeah but they still want the right too. like don't get them wrong like they do want to well, like they want a neocon right yeah kind of, but they want they still want that right because you want that controlled opposition yeah, they have to have that you know they know that that's the balance for but now that, i don't know like it feels like it's kind of moving to like a solitary one party yeah, it's felt like that to me. It's for kind a long of more time. and more blatant every day. Well, you saw that with like now this whole Senate thing where Schumer and um, McConnell were talking about they're going to run it together. Oh, no doubt. You know, they've been wanting to uh, openly be buddy buddy, I'm sure, for a while rather than just kind of play acting as uh, opponents of each other. Well, what do you got going on after this? You going to go another live or, or you got some shit going um, on? I got, I'm like making dinner and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's right. I was just saying, cause like, man, it's like, man, I even cut down the list today, bro. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, I mean, we did have like 13 yeah, we, articles in there. No, so I know, but before that, but yeah, but before I could, get, I could cover that, uh, that one with all the foreign leaders, uh, criticizing yeah, uh, yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Let's um, end on there's that. There's a good article from revolver, uh, news. They have like, uh, you know, they've compiled a list of all the foreign leaders who have, uh, condemned Twitter and Facebook and stuff for censoring the president. And first, first quote is from Chancellor Merkel from Germany. The chancellor sees the complete closing down of the account of an elected president as problematic. Um, Steven Steibert, uh, her chief spokesman, said 
at a regular news conference in Berlin, writes like the freedom of speech can can be interfered with, but by law and within the framework defined by the legislature, not according to a corporate decision. Now that one's kind of funny because I feel like you know she she just wants the government to be able to control the you know the free speech and censorship, yeah. but um, at least it's somewhat kind of you know calling out corporations for overstepping their bounds, which is appropriate at this time. Uh, another one's from uh, the leftist president from Mexico, uh, Andreas Manuel Lopez uh, Obrador. <clears throat> How can you censor someone? Let's see. I, as the judge of the Holy Inquisition, will punish you because I think you are saying what you're saying is harmful. Uh, the president said during a long diatribe last week. Where is the law? Where is the regulation? Where are the norms? This is an issue of government and not an issue for private companies. You know, kind of in the same line. And he got, you know, uh, more, a lot more uh, support from other leaders like Bolsonaro, who's kind of in the same, you know, populist right uh, political sphere as him. I like Bolsonaro, actually. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, a, uh, he's all right. And he was, he was uh, promoting um, Telegram and other stuff like outside of that uh, the Facebook and Twitter bubble. So I found it interesting. Just a lot of people kind of riled up by, uh, Trump getting censored. Very unexpected. Really yeah. Unexpected. That's why I thought it was important about that article too. I thought it was unexpected to, um, like you said, uh, Mercula, like, uh, that, that, uh, the Mexico, uh, Mexico's president, all those like weren't, were not expected people that you would expect to back them up. And another yeah. thing I think we before we end up too, we got to talk about is that uh, whole big thing that's going on in Russia, man. You know that um, they're oh, having yeah. a big old like movement right now. There's tons of protests, tons of fucking uh, civil unrest. You know what I mean? Because of that um, political adversary that was allegedly, yeah, allegedly maybe poisoned. Um, and then he recovered from Germany. As soon as he came back, he was arrested immediately. And he opposes Putin. And it's very interesting because I remember uh, earlier last year, remember they were talking about Putin says he's going to um, uh, step down like in six years or something like that. It was like 2020 something. And uh, I found it really interesting. Like it's really crazy because I think the Russians are kind of like they're breaking too. They're kind of like we're done. Okay, we're done with this game. And they're a little ahead of us because they already have just the one-party system basically. Uh, over here we're pretend that we have the two-party system when we all know that it's just one but i think that's another foreshadowing that can be here possible too because it's uh happened before there when they had their whole oligarchy state with the ussr and it seems like it's collapsing like that again i mean i saw someone put a meme like dude it's like negative 30 degrees and they're protesting man that's when you know it's real shit you know what i mean <laughs> well, Russians are a different breed. They can oh, handle yeah. that, those low temperatures like yeah. no one's business. But um, I find those protests are very interesting, though. Um, I'm seeing some stuff that's like there could be some CIA involvement to kind of create dissent um, within Russia because they know like the they're very, you know, they're not very tolerant of protesting of any sort if it's against the government. So I feel like them pushing any sort of protest movement that kind of gets picked up by the youth over there um, really puts them into harm's way and creates a lot of uh, bad press for the Russian government. And it's interesting, you know, because that's going with the Biden administration and the Democrats have always kind of said Russia's the big bad enemy. So 
I think there could be more developments to see in the future uh, in that part of the world involving U.S. foreign policy, for sure. Oh, for sure. And speaking of shitty uh, congressmen, uh, one of the GOP congressmen, I think, it, what is it, Steve uh, Stivers? He's a Republican from Ohio. Uh, he was quoted on uh, Facebook Finance Live saying that, I hope the administration will look at the option because we actually buy something with our 1400 and that's herd immunity. He says that he thinks the 1400 stimulus checks should be given to people that get the COVID vaccine. And if you don't, then you shouldn't get it. Wow. You know, they're just going <laughs> to bribe people to get the vaccine now. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's interesting. I don't, I don't know how many people that would sway that were already kind of heavily against taking it. It will get people that are hesitant or maybe like kind of in the middle, like on the fence about it. It will make the difference for sure. Um, I don't know. It's it's just part and parcel. They just want to get the vaccine into as many bodies as they can, and they'll do whatever it takes. It's you know they'll print as much money as they need to 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 do it. Oh, for sure. And then you've seen like uh, Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron passed away, and. They kind of trying to like a lot of people. There's been a re- right away after he passed away. There was pictures of him with uh, you know um, getting the vaccine. I think it was a week ago maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And then people were like, I'm not saying I don't know. Like nobody, it's just speculation that like maybe the vaccine had something to do with it. But um, they're really trying to push hard to not let people think that because they're worried that it could uh, affect people's mindset. Because you know it's all. That's the thing that people got to remember too. Do you know how much money? That your government, our government, spent last year on publicists. Publicists. Do you understand what a publicist is? A publicist is what, like, Chris Brown has, what Justin Bieber has. You know what I mean? People that, like, uh, basically spin stories and make them more uh, accessible for people or make them more interesting or make them more absorbent and make them become these movements. And... I think that's something that's never really talked about as much, how much we pay for publicists, how people are paid <laughs> to spin the story, not to tell us what's really happening, to spin it to get us to do what they want. Yeah, and that's like a kind of similar to the public relations officers at different corporations. I feel like they kind of cut, they're cut from the same cloth, um, you know. They're very much with the the wokeisms and stuff, and um, for me, I just can't um, really pay much heed to the propaganda anymore. You know, it's it just washes over me. But you saw a lot of it. I feel like with uh, the inauguration, uh, there was a ton of like Hollywood and stuff involved with that, and you know, they're kind of showing how closely tied they really are at the end of the day. Oh, and yeah, and how much it really, like, is important it's all theater, to them. you know. Yeah, yeah, it's super, it's super theater to them, man. Like I said, like, when we were putting that Brennan thing, when, what, what Brennan is saying, he's, he's speaking for the elites. Like, Brennan, yeah. uh, uh, was knowingly armed ISIS. Like, you know what I mean? He was the CIA director at the time. Like, this guy has nerve to say anything about anybody. But that's how he is. He He's uh, he's pure establishment. He's from the cloth. That's why you always see him on CNN. That's why you see him on MSNBC. They don't even hide it anymore. Remember, like, they used to hide it to where they'd be like, oh, I got this story from some guy. Now they just get the ex-CIA director and put him right there on TV for you. 
Yeah. And that's the guy we're supposed to believe. They're they're real bold and blatant with uh, you know, their actions and their propaganda now. They're very confident and they uh obviously feel like they're safe to do this stuff uh, right in front of us. Yeah. They have no problem with it. But it looks like that's going to be a wrap for us. We're at like, uh, you know, minute 23, man. Good. You know, another good uh, a wrap up of the week. Uh, we're going to be doing more and stuff. We're trying to figure out getting more stuff going out there and getting a little bit more um, active with it. Like we've actually, you know, we started out just kind of just talking shit. And now we're, try- <laughs> now we're trying to put more of a format to it. So, um, you know, follow us on here if you're not. Um, go check us out on Spotify, Apple. Um, we're trying to put out like some more music. We got some uh, Deep State out. That's on Bandcamp. That's coming out on Apple and uh, Spotify as well. And yeah, we'll be That's getting some. Too. Oh, appreciate it, man. And then you know, me and uh, Seabass will be doing more of this. Like I said, we now we're just kind of being consistent on our Sundays. Our Sundays is just basically a weekly uh, wrap up of the propaganda and what's going on in the world. And uh, we're trying to do a little bit more shows. I'm going to have uh, something going on Friday, something going on Saturday. I'll uh, post about that. And, you know, we'll be here every um, Sunday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. Cancel culture. Cancel culture. Cancel culture.